Good morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah, I'm glad. Let me do this. This one working? Or better? Shall we bow our heads as we get started? Gracious Father, we thank you for your love. Oh Lord, help us to learn to do things the way you want it to be done. No matter how difficult it may appear, or even if there's a better way, we think is a better way. Help us, O Lord, to trust you as we open your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Greetings from Crawfordville. But I want to start this morning in reviewing. Our first person we discussed was the perfectionist. They lose. But Judas was a person who, was, who was, had the talent of it in, in um, the word left me. I remembered it up until this moment, and it just went out the window. But he was a person who could envision and invite. But all he envisioned was for what? Self. That self gave way to perfectionism. Absalom... He was a leader, born leader, and he could see the solutions, but he focused on self. I got good news for you. The rest of the sermons in this series are going to do, will deal with people who succeeded. Because my wife said, are you going to have another one that fails? I said, no. This morning I'm going to start cutting corners. Have you ever cut a corner? Tried to do something a little faster. Let me tell you a story. I'm a storyteller. This morning, I tell, I have to admit, some of, the, some of my experiences in life are a little bit embarrassing. The last time we took our motorhome west was 2019. It was fun, but also there was a little problem. We had went off the interstate to hunt up gas. It was in Missouri. Actually, it was in St. Joe's, Missouri. I don't know if I want to go back there again. They have a model with motorhomes is, don't get in a hurry. You're only going to probably be there once. Let, them get, let the locals get upset. But um, we were looking for gas, and we saw the gas station. And the corner, this had a you know, cause traffic go this way and traffic go to come in this way. And it looked a little narrow for a 35-foot motorhome. But I said, man, if I just go down that way, I'll be to the pumps, what? Quicker. I can get in and get out, what? Quicker. I pulled in, started in that curve, and on the back rear wheels came up and got on top of the curb and then they fell off into a hole where all the other semi trucks it had done. The only problem, I hung up on the rear axle. And then I had to unload the bicycles. I had to have the tow truck come and pull me back into the main highway and stop the highway and all that. And about an hour and a half later, my shortcut, I got to the fuel pumps. This morning we're going to talk about shortcuts. 
cutting corners. We're going to talk about Jacob. Jacob and his brother. Rebecca wondered, what is happening? And the Bible describes it, but the children struggled together within her. And she said, if, if it is this so, why then am, am I this way? So she went and inquired of the Lord. I don't know about it, but if, I don't know what women would feel like if there was a fight going on inside. Mom, before you ever came out, you, they were duking it out, and you could see them duking it out. You can see a baby when it kicks, right? How'd you like two of them kicking away, fighting it out, right in the midst? And Rachel's, what, perplexed. And she wants to hear what's going on, and she goes to God. And the, Lord, and the Lord says, two, the nation of one nation, two nations, one mother. The Lord said to her, the two nations are in your womb. Two people will be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve, what? The younger. When her days to, to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. I always pray for somebody to have twins. And my wife and my sister's always praying for one of our relatives to have twins. One of our, and there has been no twins born. And nobody seems to be too excited about having twins at the same time. That's right. So... Here we have these kids that are fighting it out inside mom and they get on the outside and here's what it says. Now the first came forth red and all over like a hairy garment and they named him Esau. But right behind it comes and afterwards his brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was, he, his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years, old when she, 60 years old when she gave birth to them. Now, how many are 60 years plus? Okay, all of you are 60 years plus. Would you like to start raising a child at 60? No way. No how. I had a church up in North Dakota that they said, we don't have any children. And I says, I looked at the women of the church and they said, I said, I'm praying for a Sarah experience for you. They looked back at me and they said, we're praying for Dorothy to have one Sarah experience. Here he's 60 years old. Rebecca is about, she's, she's childbearing age, but the upper end of it. And here's this couple Older, and they're going to raise two children. This is the most dysfunctional family you'll ever read in the Bible. This dysfunctional, folks. For it goes on to say, Esau was a man's man. That's what the Bible describes him. When, they, when the boys grew up, Esau became skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man living in a tent. Jacob was peaceful. Isaac 
Esau was what? He was the hunter. He was the man. And it came across that way too. Both were favored by adults. Here's the problem. Knowing this. Now, Isaac loved what? Esau. Because he had a taste for game. But Rebecca loved what? Is this a good dynamics? Daddy loves Esau. Mama loves Jacob. Can you see some competition going? I'm daddy's favorite. I'm mama's favorite. Right? This morning, the stage is set for conflict. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Opportunity only knocks what? And if you want something that your brother has, you use every opportunity to what? To get it. The Bible describes again, Esau lived for the moment. Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a swallow of that, that red stuff there. For I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. I don't know. I love, I like lentil stew. But I don't like lentil stew that much. Would you sell your birthright for lentil stew? Would you sell your birthright if you knew that it couldn't be bought. That you couldn't lose it. Because you are daddy's what? And daddy's not going to let this what? This deal go through. But I'll let little brother what? Think it's going to go through. If those ideas didn't cross Esau's mind, I'd be real surprised. Because he knew he was what? Dad's favorite. Jacob feeling that, that the favorite position was in his grasp. Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. He knew his brother wouldn't want to eat. He knew food was more important than birthrights. So he's using the opportunity he had. Esau doesn't think that he can lose that favored position. Esau said, behold, I'm about to die, so what use then is the birthright to me? He sells it. They both are looking for that favored position. Esau, saw Esau, for Esau it was not a big deal, but for Jacob, live for this. He wanted that birthright. He wanted it. And Jacob said, first swear to me. 
So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Who has the final authority in a patriarchal society? Who has that final authority? Dad. Who can undo this deal? Dad. Dad should know that Esau isn't really fit for that blessing. But here's the problem coming. Isaac set out to do what he knows is not right by bestowing the favor on Esau. He knows it. So he sets about it to do it in secret. Now it came about when Isaac was old, his eyes were too dim to see that he called his son Esau and said to him, My son. He said to him, Here am I. He has called him, he cannot see. Isaac said, Behold, now I am old and, I'm, and I do not know the day of my death. He said, I'm getting so old, I'm going to die. I know that. Now, he has said to himself that his promised blessing was already been given to Rebekah and Jacob, that he, Jacob would receive this blessing. But Jacob said, I'm going to help God. Esau believed he couldn't lose it. Esau was uh, Isaac's ad admired one. The Bible pretty well says so. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Isaac liked deer meat. Isaac liked the story of the hunt and all the details of creeping and crawling. And, you know, when I lived up in North Dakota, and they used to, at the fall of the year, they have duck season. And you'd see these guys crawling through the marshes and wiggling out there with their rifle and waiting to shoot the duck in the mud. Isaac liked that story. I have a friend, his son killed his first deer, and I remember when he killed his first turkey and all the hunt. And, and I was at his grandfather's house and he said, you should hear the story. And how, and how his grandfather told the story of his, his son, grandson hunting for the turkey. His grandfather was reliving the hunt. Isaac was reliving the hunt. Esau was a great storyteller and a great promoter of es Esau. To prepare a savory dish for me such as I love and bring it to, you, to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. He wanted another hunt, this favored son. Rebecca was listening while Isaac 
spoke to his son. That's one of the things that we need to remember. Nothing is said in what? That it isn't found out. Rebecca is out to get the favored position for Jacob. Even though it was promised to Jacob, or we're going to help God out a little. We're going to cut a corner and we're going to get to the same place where God wants us, but we're going to get there what? Sooner. How many times have we taken, cut a corner, said we're going to get there sooner, and ended up there getting there what? Late. Sometimes spiritually. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Behold, I hear your father speaking to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. I can hear Jacob saying, my mom, God said it's going to be ours, but we're going to help God out. Rebecca is willing to use deceit. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. I can almost hear Jacob saying, but mom, goat isn't venison. Mom, how can you make, you can't, but she says to her son, who do you think taught Esau how to cook? My, my, she says, I can make goat taste like venison. Willing to help cut the corner often causes us to lose in the end. Here, Jacob is willing to go along to get the favored position, you know. People struggle for that favored position. And then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat so that he may bless you before his death. Jacob answered his mother, Rebekah, Behold, Esau, my brother, is hairy man and I am what? A smooth. Mom, you may be able to cook good, but you can't what? Disguise me. And she looked probably back at him and said, oh yeah? Here we are. He's willing to lie, cut a corner to get what he wanted. Jacob was willing to deceive, to be the hero. How often people who take shortcuts want to get to be that hero. Then he came to his father and said, Father, and he said, here am I. Who are you, my son? Wow, he's willing to lie. Cut a corner. Jacob promoted himself as being somebody he he wasn't. And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please. 
Sit and eat of my, my game that you may bless me. Folks, if that had been me, I would have been trembling so much, he would have known who it was by the tremble in my hand. If that would have been me, I would have been like this and shaking like all shaking everywhere. And my face would be giving it away. I'm not. But Jacob couldn't what? Esau couldn't. I mean, Esau, I got them both, all of them, but I haven't got the right one yet. Isaac couldn't what? See. His eyes were dull. His cataracts must have been pretty bad. I can guarantee that. Because he couldn't see. Now Jacob must sell himself as Esau. Somebody he isn't to cut the corner. Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have have it so quickly, my son? He said, because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. Another what? Another lie. The whole thing is full of what? Lies. He wants to be that honored one, that hero, but he, now he's the hero, the real hero, does not tell lies, does he? This morning, I'd been stopped in my tracks, but take us good at it. Because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. Isaac was bent on doing it his way. Now, wait a second. Isaac's got a couple counts here that he's overlooking. Number one, it's too uh, too soon. Right? It's too soon. His eyes, his eyes may be bad, but he's saying it's too soon. Now listen to the next one. He's getting he's going to get, get, tell you something. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father. And he fell him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. But the hand are the hands of Esau. He's denying something, isn't he? He is so set on giving a blessing that he knows is not, want, is not to be given He's willing to cut a corner. Jacob's willing to cut corners. Esau's willing to cut corners. And Rebecca's willing to cut corners. And he's denying his senses. He says it's too fast and the voice doesn't match. For us, looking at it, it says, stop. But have you ever been wanting to do something that's so long that even when you hear the voice, you don't stop? You see, this is cutting a corner. Jacob. Not quite home free. Man, I've got through the fact that I got it here too quickly. I got past the point that he recognized my voice, but he passed over it. I got through that. I'm almost what? I'm almost there. 
He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau. So he blessed him. So he came close and kissed him. He smells the smell of his garment. Now he's put on his big brother's what? Clothes. Come too fast. Talks like Jacob, but he smells like Esau. He blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Jacob has the favored position. Now my 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 God give now may may God give you of the dew of the heavens and of the fatness of the earth and the abundance of the grain and new wine. He blessed him. May people serve you. Nations bow down to you and be master of your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed are those who bless you. Jacob walks out of that room, and he goes, what? I got it. What did he get? Did he get everything? Esau walks in. Esau lost, and there was no way to recoup. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. How often... He wanted it when it was too late. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken your blessing. Jacob has it. Esau doesn't have it. And dad's not so upset that Jacob got blessed. because he sees the hand of God overriding his. Wow. What a story. Both brothers were favored by one parent over the other. Both brothers feared the loss of favor. Both wanted to be admired as the hero. Both were promoting of their own cause. Both were good at pursuing and selling themselves. Both had developed the skill of cutting corners to get what they wanted. Jacob found the blessing. One night on the banks, and returning home.
Big Brother was as hot as a freight train going downhill with a full head of steam. And he was going to solve this problem once and for all. Jacob had split his family up in hopes that somehow some of them would survive and the trickster of cutting corners had come back to stay on this side of the river. And then the night of wrestling took place. At dawn, Jacob said this, asked, said this to the angel. Please tell me your name. But he said, why is that? What is, why is that you ask my name? And he blessed him. Finally, Jacob realized you can't cut corners and find the blessings of heaven. Jacob, the trickster, Jacob, the corner cutter, died that night, and now we have Israel as his name. A man who walked with God. This morning, why you do what you do is important. If you're cutting corners, I want to challenge you. Those cutting corners spiritually always end up and spiritual bankruptcy. And I want to illustrate it in close. Jacob, when he left his parents, never was able to see his mother alive again. Did that cutting corners cost Rebecca? Did it cost Jacob? Did it cost Esau? Did it cost Isaac? Everyone suffered. I want to challenge you. Jesus cut no corners to save you and me. At the Garden of Eden, he said, Father, if there's another way out, let's do it. But the father said there was no other way. He cut no corners. Neither should I or you if we want to be successful in our walk with him. Jesus doesn't cut corners. I want to do what Jesus does. Even if it may hurt. Jesus says, help. And I want Jesus to help us to go up. Because the devil always says, take the shortcut out. And Jesus says, I'll help you through it. It's not a shortcut. We have a closing hymn.